Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 15 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. It's being brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City's helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. Now, if you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. All right. Uh, Very, very busy weekend and last few days uh, for me professionally. Um, Obviously, everybody knows about Saturday and the Zach Randolph jersey retirement ceremony. More on that in Petey's points coming up in a little bit. I have to say that it is, in my recollection of my 18 years here in Memphis, the most commented upon thing that I've ever done. And, and I, I don't take full credit for that because it was a, a tremendous team effort to pull off that ceremony. Uh, Brevin Knight, Rob Fisher doing fantastic work with the interviews with Marcus Saul and Lionel Hollins and Bonzi Wells and, and Chris Wallace. The uh, event presentation team for the Grizzlies doing a fantastic job as well. And just very gratified that the ceremony had such a tremendous positive reception on the part of Grizzlies fans. And the feedback that I got from from people as uh, I was out and about on Sunday afternoon was just, wow, that was fantastic. That was very emotional. It was very moving. It was a celebration. It was a recollection of Zach's career, his time in Memphis, and I I think that the event hit all the right notes for Grizzlies fans and for Zach and for his friends and family, and and it really was a, a celebration. And we were very adamant about it not being too stodgy with a recitation of where he stands in Grizzlies history in terms of statistics and, and things like that. We wanted to make it more personable, uh, have a little fun with it, clearly. Uh, when you put the honoree... Uh, on a throne, uh, that's pretty cool, and it, and it's very very different. And and obviously, you know, you have uh, the introduction, and you have the the whoop that trick uh, being played after uh, his his banner is unveiled at FedEx Forum. Uh, it, it it was really cool, and and I'm very very glad that it was so well received by people, uh, and and hopefully by by Zach. I you know didn't really get a chance to visit with him after it. Because, of course, he was mobbed by about a million people and they wanted to take pictures and all that. So, um, you know, hopefully hopefully uh, Zach and, and his family enjoyed it. It was the end of a very long day for me personally because uh, I have for the last, I think, three or four games, I have uh, worked the AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School All-Star Game uh, over at Stoke Stadium on the campus of Memphis University School. Uh, Steve Earhart, of course, uh, runs the uh, Liberty Bowl and he's also a part owner of the Memphis Grizzlies and it's always been it's always been fun to be asked to do that football game um it, it's a bit challenging because clearly I don't have the opportunity to follow high school football in Memphis and um 
the players are all nominated by their coaches and they're nominated during the course of the season. And so any statistics that we have are, are going to be out of date and only for the first half of the season and things like that. So it's a bit of a challenge in terms of preparation. And obviously you have guys playing on both sides of the ball. You have uh, rotating quarterbacks and skill uh, players. And so it, uh, it it becomes quite a challenge. And it also becomes very, very hectic because the game starts at 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, I think we wrapped up at about 4.45. And so I had to go back home, uh, change clothes, and then get down to a FedEx Forum uh, in order to get ready for the game against the Houston Rockets and then also the ceremony with Zach Randolph and um, I think I got home probably about 1130 uh, on Saturday night and uh, you know good luck trying to get to sleep because it was a very emotional night for all of us and uh, again I'll talk a little bit more about the ceremony in Petey's points coming up in a little bit Um, probably an abbreviated show today it is a game day Grizzlies have the uh, Philadelphia 76ers tonight to wrap up a four-game homestand we'll preview that uh, a little bit later on of course we will start with that was the week that was and we'll give you a few PD's points like I said probably a little little abbreviated today I apologize in advance for that but uh, a lot of stuff going on and uh, coming off the Jersey retirement ceremony haven't had time really to uh, to line up a friend of the program, but we'll we'll get to back to that at some point. Uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's go ahead and let's dive into that was the week that was. So the Grizzlies are home Thursday night. And they take on the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Lakers, boy, this is an odd schedule. They they fly all the way out to Memphis and then to Oklahoma City to play a two game back to back set, and then fly back to Los Angeles. But they're coming off. Big win over the Boston Celtics. And, you know, the Lakers have endured no end of criticism because there was just this thought that you assemble an all-star team and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to be really fantastic and they're going to walk away with the trophy. Might as well give it to them in, in December because uh, they're they're the Lakers. Having been with the Portland Trailblazers through the uh, Paul Allen spending $100 million on payroll uh, era, I can tell you that trying to assemble an all-star team does not always work, uh, and, and particularly uh, older veteran guys. It, it, it just doesn't always work. It, you, you can't use the New York Yankees philosophy in order to win championships. You get yourself a big three and some role players, I'm into that. But what, what, what L.A. has done here is, is something uh, a, a little bit different and didn't turn out very well for them last Thursday. Now, the Lakers got off to a big lead, and they, and they just ran up and down the floor. And it appeared through the first few minutes of the game, it's like, okay, this, this, could be, this could be a very long night. And maybe the Lakers are really rounding into form. They're only a game above 500, which clearly that's not what is expected in Lakerland right now. But this is a Lakers team that is, is getting back a little bit to its, its showtime roots. And uh, like I said, they started running the fast break in the first quarter, and you were really concerned that, okay, this, this could get out of hand early because LeBron James looked very active, looked very, very engaged in this basketball game. And, and when he is that way early, it can be a long night for the opposition. Grizzlies, however, after trailing 29-25 after one quarter, they battle back in the second quarter. And just their ability to get deflections, to get steals, set a new franchise record for steals in a quarter. They had nine in the quarter. And that really is 
the story of this particular game, which the Grizzlies would go on to win 108-95. to It was the second in the fourth quarter. Grizzlies outscoring L.A. 23-17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lakers were forced into 22 turnovers, and 18 of those were Grizzly steals. So the Grizzlies were super active defensively, and even though they were outshot 46% to 44%, Grizzlies had 16 more shots on goal because they doubled up the Lakers in offensive rebounds. 14 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies, 8 for Steven Adams. Steven Adams had the most impactful 4-point game in NBA history, had 13 rebounds, only two of six at the free throw line. His free throw st- uh, struggles have returned, but uh, Russell Westbrook, not really a factor in this. LeBron James does get his first triple-double of the season and the 100th of his illustrious NBA career, 20, 10 boards, 11 assists, but did turn it over five times, had four steals. It's a really good LeBron game, but they get a fairly pedestrian game from Anthony Davis of 22-8, and eight. Um, and Russell Westbrook, just not a, a good game by his standards at all. Uh, seven assists, but six turnovers. He was a minus 16. In fact, everybody, with the exception of LeBron James, who was plus two, and Carmelo Anthony, I beg your pardon, Dwight Howard, who was plus one, everybody else for the Lakers was minus, and their, their bench was awful. Uh, they only got six from Malik Monk, six from Wayne Ellington, seven from Carmelo Anthony, and Melo only got five shots in the air. Uh, so that that was a, a marked departure from the first meeting where he took over in the fourth quarter. Grizzlies get a, another big game from Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson Jr. comes up huge in this. And, you know, again, this was a, a, a game that the Grizzlies, you really, especially the way that it started. And then also the late-breaking news that Dylan Brooks had entered health and safety protocols you were looking at, okay, we've, we've lost our best perimeter defender, and we're going up against a healthy Laker team that is starting to feel its oats after the big win over the Boston Celtics. So maybe this isn't going to go so well. But this was a great team effort. You know, the bench did not compile a, a ton of points. There was no bench player with double figures for the Grizzlies. But Jared Culver, late in this game, when you don't have Dylan Brooks and you're trying to find – some minutes, and you're trying to hold on to this game. Jarrett Culver, a 16-minute run for the game, eight points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a plus 13 off the bench. This is a guy who was not really in the rotation. There were some games where he was the only guy uh, who got a DNP coach's decision. Well, he got an opportunity. Uh, He got an opportunity. Killian Tilly got an opportunity. Kyle Anderson as well. And what we're seeing with Taylor Jenkins is there isn't necessarily a set rotation. It's, it's kind of a feel thing because we had seen Santi Aldama earlier in the homestand play, uh, play some big minutes, was a DNP CD against the Lakers. So it, it's kind of a feel thing and, and read the situation. And Taylor Jenkins to this point has done a very good job of reading the room and reading the situation. And the Grizzlies get to four games above 500 at 15 and 11. They beat the Lakers 108 to 95. Lakers only got 78 shots in the air, which is a remarkably low total. But again, they turned it over 22 times for 27 Memphis points. So that was uh, the Thursday night victory. Grizzlies get to one and one on the four game homestand, a big bounce back from the disappointing showing against the Dallas Mavericks. That brings us to Saturday night and the Zach Randolph 
jersey retirement game. Uh, Houston Rockets in town. Houston had lost 15 in a row. Then they win seven in a row. And then the night before, they were home to Milwaukee and they lose to Milwaukee. How remarkable is this turnaround for the Houston Rockets? First time in the four major American sports, you had a team lose 15 games in a row, immediately followed by a seven-game winning streak. It is also the first time in NBA history you had a team with a 15-game losing streak or more and a seven or more game win streak in the same season. Part of this was they started to play their veteran guys a little bit more. Eric Gordon was now in the starting lineup, although he missed Saturday's game with a groin strain. And so Steven Silas was starting to mix in some veteran guys, and they've got, they've got some young talent. Christian Wood is a good basketball player. Jay Sean Tate, good basketball player. Garrison Matthews uh, showing some promise. But then you get DJ Augustine in there to run the show, who has always been a solid veteran no matter where he has been. And so now Houston is starting to play some better basketball. First quarter, the Grizzlies come out, and Brevin and I were a little concerned about what the concentration level for the Grizzlies would be in this in this game. There were no worries in the first quarter. I mean, the Grizzlies shot 67% in the first quarter and put up 40 in the first quarter. Another double-figure scoring first quarter for Desmond Bain with 13. Uh, the issue, though, is Houston, I mean, they're, they're down 11, but they shot 56% from the floor and turned it over four times. Uh, so they're, they're down 11. Grizzlies led by as many as 16 in the first quarter. And one of the things about Houston, even though you know they're a young team, they're in the second of the back-to-back, they're, they're going to continue to compete. Grizzlies did extend their lead to 63-47 at halftime, a nine-point second quarter by Kyle Anderson. And Kyle getting the start because Jaron Jackson Jr., late scratch, sore knee. Uh, we're told nothing serious, just trying to give him some rest and recovery time. So the Grizzlies are leading it 63-47 at halftime, and you start to feel pretty good about it. Well, the Houston Rockets come out in the third quarter, and they play some pretty good basketball. The issue with the Grizzlies, they went one of nine from three in the third quarter alone. You just, you you, you know, and the Grizzlies, don't get me wrong, Grizzlies got off to a great start from three. I mean, they were seven of 12 from three in the first quarter. Then they go one of nine. And I understand you want to, you know, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. It was just not a good shooting quarter for the Grizzlies. And they get outscored 30-23. to 23. Garrison Matthews goes for seven. Kenya Martin Jr. comes off the bench. He has seven. You know, and all of a sudden, it's 86-77, and you think it might be a comfortable lead. But in the NBA, I don't know uh, that there is such a thing as a com- comfortable lead. This one ended up being a lot closer than the Grizzlies would have liked. They win at 113 to 106 over the Houston Rockets. But again, this was one that you had to sweat out a little bit. Christian Wood with seven of his 22 in the fourth quarter. You got eight from Dylan Brooks in the final period. And to be honest, this game probably should not have been as close as it was. But the Grizzlies shot 11 of 17 from the free throw line. Uh, and, And that... Uh, beg your pardon, no, for the game. Uh, they shot 22 of 36 from the free throw line. And Dylan Brooks was the star. He was 9 of 10. Rest of the team, whew, 13 of 26 for 50%. Kyle Anderson, career high in free throws attempted, but made only 6 of 14. And when this game got down to the very end, uh, he was the one that Houston wanted to put on the free throw line. 
Grizzlies were fortunate. They got a clear path call late in the game, so two free throws and possession, and the Grizzlies were were finally able to hold off uh, the Houston Rockets. 113-106 was the final. Grizzlies shoot 50% from the floor, but as I said, just 61% from the free throw line. The other big stat in this one in the fourth quarter, you know, Houston, most turnover-prone team in the league, but through the first three quarters, uh, they only had seven. They had nine for 10 Memphis points in the fourth quarter. Uh, that is one of the issues that you have with young teams is that they are not going to uh, – they're not going to know how to close, and, and they did not know how to close on the second night of a back-to-back in Memphis. And so the Grizzlies get the win, 113-106. to 106. Grizzlies get to 16-11 and 11 on the season. They are now 2-1 and one on the homestand, and they got this date on Monday night, i.e. tonight, to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. And that was the week that was. Before we get to some PD's points and some thoughts about uh, tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers, football fans, and you all know who you are, we all have an action-packed game. I mean, the, you know, the Green Bay-Chicago game, you know, 45-30, lots of points. We all love that. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. And we know, has there ever been a 0-0 tie in the NFL? I'm, I don't think so. Uh, new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Now, if Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler so let's get to Petey's points shall we um Petey's point number one I think if the Grizzlies continue to play this well in the month of December Taylor Jenkins has to be under consideration for Western Conference coach of the month um dealing with multiple injuries uh, Zaire Williams basically unavailable for the month of December Dylan Brooks missed a game. John Morant has missed games. Um, and that was kind of interesting. Dylan Brooks went into health and safety protocols but came back. And if you return two negative tests, you can come back. And, uh, and apparently he did. So he was back on the floor for, for the Houston Rockets game. Uh, John Morant remains in health and safety protocols in addition to the sprained knee. So Taylor Jenkins has just created some amazing workarounds with his team. And that's been part of it. The other part of it is this team has embraced the full team concept and everybody goes out there, everybody contributes. And this is really a testament to Taylor Jenkins and the way that he has handled this basketball team. One of the things that stands out to me about how he works with this team is he cares about everybody on his team as a person, in addition to caring about them as a basketball player. So, you know, when, when he thinks about Killian Tilly, he's not just thinking about what Killian can give him on the floor. He's thinking about the person that Killian Tilly is, and he's thinking about, you know, how best 
to to relate to this guy, uh, and and the same for anybody else on the roster. I'm just using Killian as as, as a name I pulled out of thin air. It could be Jared Culver. It, it could be Dylan Brooks. These are all things that you know. You had a minor in psychology at Penn, and I don't know if he's using some of that here, but. The thing of it is, if you are a coach and you can convince, and, and it convince is probably not even the right word, but if you can display to your team that you care about them as people, that you care about this group as a group, as a small community, your players are going to play hard for you. Players aren't going to play hard for you these days because you yell and scream at them. Those days are long, long ago. And the dynamics now of leadership are more about nurturing, more about understanding your players' motivations uh, and, and, and pushing the right buttons, which for some, you know, some guys want to be yelled at. Some guys you just need to use a different approach with. And, and Taylor Jenkins has really mastered it with his basketball team and has done a remarkable job. I, I don't think anybody would have thought at this point in the season the Grizzlies are going to be the fourth seed in the West with a record of 16 and 11. I think everybody would have thought that, you know, a 60 boy, that's a heavy lift. And with the injuries the Grizzlies have had, to have this amount of success, to have this effective an offense, and their offensive rating has has stayed high despite the fact that they've not had John Morant. And, in fact, their defensive rating has gotten better during the month of December without Ja on the floor. Uh, and that that's that's not to uh, indict Ja's individual defense, but that's just a, that's just a statistic, statistical fact. Um it's a remarkable job by Taylor Jenkins, and uh, hopefully the Grizzlies can continue to uh, win and be strong and um, get him a Coach of the Month award. That would be pretty cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the Zach Randolph jersey retirement ceremony. And like I said, I, big props to the Grizzlies and their marketing and special events team who put this all on. Uh, and and the, um, the run of show is changing up to the very last minute for a variety of reasons. Um, but it, it, it came together really well. And, and as I said at the top of the show, this is something that I think it affected people in a lot of ways because it, it does hearken to a very good period of Grizzlies basketball. It is also a tremendous human interest story when you think of when Zach Randolph got here and a number of people, uh, in, including local media and Jeff Calkins, you know, will will gladly cop to this. Thought, what the hell are you doing, Memphis? Why are you bringing this guy in? And you know, all the all the beat writers from Portland were were sub, summoned to do interviews in, in Memphis, and they were all saying what a bad guy Zach Randolph was, and you know, this is not a guy that you want to have on your franchise, and this is this is you know, boy, well, good riddance. You know, Portland doesn't have him anymore. You guys have him. You deal with him. And, you know, if you go back and you look at the video from the introductory press conference for Zach Randolph, he said, I want to write a new chapter. And, and he was serious about it. And in Memphis, he became the father and the man and the basketball player and the community ambassador that he was destined to be. And part of it is, and I've said this on so many occasions, how many times have you seen a player that has not been productive for maybe one, two, three different franchises. But all of a sudden, they go to a new franchise. And for whatever reason, it could be a change in mindset, could be a change in, in living conditions. It can be, you know, the fit within a basketball team. And all of a sudden, this guy is, that's bounced around the league finds a home. 
and plays the best basketball of his career. That's a little bit of what happened with Zach Randolph. He fit in Memphis. He loved being here. Uh, the fan base loved him. And the Grizzlies were successful. So it all came together in, in one very neat package. And it was, it was great to see. Uh, again, as far as the retirement ceremony, I know that there were some people, I did see some criticism on social media about the fact that uh, the number 50 appears on, and it's, it's high up there, it's a long way away, it appears to be a platinum record. And some people say, well, why isn't it a jersey? Why didn't we just you know, hang his jersey up there? And, and that would have been understandable, but that would have been what everybody else does. And the Grizzlies have made conscious decisions. When you, when you look at the grain of the court, the grain runs the opposite way than any other court in the NBA. The Grizzlies have always decided to be a little different, to be unique. And when Andy Dolich and the group that constructed the arena put it together, and as you walk the concourses today, you are always reminded that the building is in some ways an homage to the musical history of Memphis. You've got one of their concession stands, Snacks, which is, which is a knockoff of, of Stax, the, the great recording studio here in Memphis. And so the fact that the number 50 is displayed on, I'm going to say it's a platinum record. Some people said it's a CD. I think it's a platinum record because that was the gift that was given to Zach Randolph. Um, to me, it fits. It's different. It's not the type of presentation you see in other arenas. But then again, the Grizzlies have always tried to have a very, very strong identity. Remember when they moved from the pyramid into FedEx form, they changed their identity. They changed their colors. They changed uh, the, the, the way the bear was represented. They changed all these things. And they wanted to create a very strong brand identity uh, because they were moving into a new building. And the new building very much evokes the musical history of Memphis. Just as if you go to, I think it's Gainbridge Fieldhouse now, used to be Conseco in Indianapolis, that building was built as an homage to high school basketball. And if you go into that building, it still evokes that even to the point where they don't have a lot of electronic signage. They have the old fashioned signboards uh, with lights illuminating them. That's their brand identity. The Grizzlies brand identity as a team in Memphis is all about music. Perfectly fine. And that's why the banner is the way that it is. At least that's my interpretation. So some people may have different interpretations. That's mine. So uh, those are my thoughts on um, the Randolph retirement ceremony. Like I said, we're, you're always very nervous. I've never done a jersey retirement ceremony, and you want it to come off perfectly. You don't want to trip. You don't want to fall off the stage. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You want to be very, very careful with, 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 with what your comments are. But with what Brevin and Fish and I uh, you know, did in, in that, uh, it all came from the heart because we all have special relationships with Zach. I've known Zach since he was drafted by Portland at 19 years of age. I called the playoff series against Dallas when – Portland was down 0-3, and Maurice Cheeks basically said, what the hell, I'm going to put 50 in there. And instead of bringing him off the bench, he started, and then Portland went on to win three straight games, only to lose in Game 7 of that Western Conference first-round series. So I, I was there for that. I was there for the years where he was uh, in trouble and making some uh, 
some decisions that I'm sure that he probably regrets right now. And so we have this long history together. Uh, Brevin Knight, obviously, is a former player. Got to be very close to Zach. Rob Fisher, anytime he would see Zach, Zach would always ask about Keegan and Colton, his two children. And so there, there was very much a personal connection. And so it was great for us to be able to be such an integral part of that ceremony. And we say that not to pat ourselves on the back, to say, oh, yeah, we did a really good job. We were just honored to be part of it. And the fact that it was so well received and the fact that people uh, have, have paid us so many compliments on it, we are, we are very gratified for that. We're humbled by that. But as I said, we were honored to be part of it because Zach's been a big part of our, our professional lives with, uh, with calling NBA games. And so uh, it, was, it was really a great night. And as I said uh, on social media, it was very, very hard to go to sleep because it was a very emotional evening for us. Uh, got one other thing before you before I say goodbye. Uh, many of you may know that I am on Cameo. If you're not familiar with Cameo, go to Cameo.com. You can search my name, Pete Pranica. Cameo is a service by which you can order personalized greetings from celebrities, uh, athletes, uh, singers, songwriters, performers, famous people. Not that I'm really famous, but um, but if you want a, a pretty cool Christmas gift, uh, hit me up on Cameo. I am very reasonably priced, uh, and I will create a personalized greeting for whomever. It could be birthday, could be anniversary, I've done weddings, I've done good luck with your cancer treatment, uh, and I am more than happy to do a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year greeting. So go to Cameo.com and uh, search for Pete Pranica, and I will be happy to uh, put together a personalized greeting for the person or persons of your choice. So the Grizzlies have a date Monday night with the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers coming off a win over the Golden State Warriors at home over the weekend. They come in at 15-12. and 12. They are a better road team at 9-6 and six than they are at home 12-12, and 12, which is a, a real change for them because last couple of years they have been one of the most dominant home court teams in the NBA. Joel Embiid missed time earlier with health and safety protocols, uh, but right now they stand at 15-12. and 12. They are just behind Cleveland, Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn going to the top of the Eastern Conference standings. And uh, they're also tied with Washington. So they're, they're really, really in a very tight bunch in the middle of the Eastern Conference. It's a Philadelphia team that you look at them and, and there, there isn't anything on the stat page that immediately jumps out at you except they're the best free throw shooting team in the league. Not a good rebounding team, very low offensive rebounding team, one of the worst rebounding teams overall, in fact, when you talk about differential. Guys to look for, Matisse Thibel defensively among the league leaders in stocks, steals plus blocks, block shots, steals balls. Uh, probably, uh, you know, he's had multiple games with three or more steals per game. He's a guy you have to watch out for. Not an offensive threat, more defensive threat. Second-year player Tyrese Maxey. Having himself a fantastic season, he has taken advantage of the opportunity provided by the fact that Ben Simmons is not playing, don't know when he'll play, if he'll play for the Sixers, or when he's going to play for somebody else. But Tyrese Maxey has been very, very good. And this is a second-year player who's had basically the biggest jump in scoring average from last season to this. Now, 
to be fair, he's also playing about 20 more minutes than he was last season, but he is producing for Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers. So we've got that. We've got the Grizzlies and the 76ers, 7 o'clock Monday night, 6.30 for Grizzlies Live on Bally Sports Southeast, presented by Ford and your Mid-South Ford dealers. So that's a wrap for Episode 15 of Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.